Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it. But that somebody doesn't have to be you. At the Rose Group, we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes. Visit us online today at roads-group.com. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Madlana. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Madlana. All right. Um, I like to turn to people who know a lot more about uh, things that we're going to talk about in this case, like the future of the world champion Atlanta Braves, which still has a great ring to it. So let me bring in uh, friend Eric Cole, deputy manager of Talking Chop, site manager at MLB Daily Dish, and he is the man of many podcasts, hosts many a podcast that we'll let him promote coming up. He's kind enough to join us here on this week's Welcome to Matlana. Eric, does that uh, phrase still sound nice, the world champion Atlanta Braves? Oh, it feels so good. Uh, Honestly, it was a funny thing. Like, I was more stressed out during the Dodgers series than I was during the Astros series. Uh, Mainly just because of how those games turned out. But, you know, it's really great to have, you know, to be able to say that they actually got over the hump and won a title, first one since 1995. And, you know, just kind of getting rid of all the the bad, you know, Atlanta sports jokes, too. Uh, At least for a little while, anyway. So it's it's definitely been nice. So here's where I want to ask you about this because you're, and for those who don't know, Eric, so great at uh, you know breaking down the brave system in the future. Does winning a championship in any way change the the timeline, the trajectory, the the plan when it comes to how they move the prospects along or how they might be willing to listen to prospects because they're quote now in a championship window? Um, I think they might be more willing to trade prospects but i'll also believe that happens when i see it because huh. we have not we have not seen alex anthopoulos make a trade for with a major prospect i mean the highest ranked guy that we had the braves trading ever since alex anthopoulos arrived was joey wentz and he wasn't in the top 10 so again i'll believe it when i see it but you you have a championship window now some of the guys that they have under contract under still con- team friendly deals are getting more expensive i mean ozzy albies is going to cost more money ronald cooney jr is going to cost more money even if those deals are good so at some point you need to be willing to kind of pull the trigger and you know make moves to kind of win win more now as opposed to kind of keep planning for the future too much but at the same time it kind of just depends on the needs and you know how ready a guy is i don't think they're just going to promote a guy just because eric i've heard a lot of theories on why alex hasn't traded 
some of these top prospects, maybe it's as simple as he didn't like the deal that was offered, or maybe the international restrictions made him hold on to, you know, his traditional amateur drafts or the payroll. Like, what do you attribute it to? Um, I'm sure some of it's just the the nature of the deals that he was being offered. We we haven't the the trade deadline last last season was the first time in a long time that we really saw a lot of heavy high profile prospects being traded. Period. If you kind of think back, if you think back about it, now there were a lot of moves at the trade deadline this year, but in terms of just in general around baseball, I think there's always there's been a prospects are overvalued. I, I guess you'd call it a problem. Um, and that makes things just a little bit more tricky in terms of one, make sure you're getting the proper value back for the guys that you're wanting to, to deal. And then there's the, you know, do the deals match up in terms of what on other teams, you know, what their, what their prognosis is for a given prospect or what their timeline is and what they need out of a particular guy. So it's certainly been, how do I put it? I think that part of it is just that, the, that he hasn't liked the deal, the deals that are in play. But I also think part of it is more a matter of just uh, somewhat just a reluctance to make moves in general uh, with high prospects. And I think part of it is just because he knew the system was getting thinner. They knew that there was no international science. You can't really reinforce things and bank on, you know, 15, 16 year old kids, you know, three years down the line, figuring things out. They just didn't have that kind of that depth of talent coming in. So I'm sure it's just kind of a combination of all those things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this isn't just one factor that kind of contributes to these problems. So I want to ask you about a minor move that made some sense that the Braves made, adding Manny Pena, the former Brewer catcher, backup, not a huge amount of money. But I, I feel like it could have some potential dominoes on, you know, the catching prospects. Not that Shea Langoliers is going anywhere, but it doesn't seem like they want him up in a backup role next season. What about William Contreras? Could that be one of the names they listen to in a trade pack? I mean, that would make all the sense in the world. Something to keep in mind, too. I mean, I know that the Braves just extended Travis Darno, but he was not exactly inspiring for the vast majority of this past season. And I think that this might be them hedging their bets a little bit, too, is that maybe if Darno gets hurt or ends up not being something worth, you know, you know, worth pursuing throughout the entirety of the season, that they have another option in the fold. So it's there's a lot of factors in play here and you know at the end of the day there's only so many plate appearances you can give catchers at triple a unless that they're kind of rotating those guys in and out of the dh down there which again makes things a little bit weirder than 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 usual uh considering we don't really know if that dh is going to be in play or not but yeah it's kind of a it's a it's a fascinating thing i think that of the two guys i think that they're more likely to listen on Contreras. i think that there's just more defensive questions about Contreras. i still like him as a catcher defensively but i mean when you have a guy like shay langoliers who is special defensively you know it kind of makes your choices a little more difficult and you know maybe you find a team that needs a catcher and maybe it's one of these teams that doesn't I mean there seems like there's a ton of top catching prospects out there right but i think that that's probably the strongest demographic in the top 100 prospects in the game right now is catching but maybe there's one of these teams that goes wow we really need a catcher and they're not one of those teams that has a guy that's going to be there in a year or two so um i could i could see them moving in but again i'll, I'll believe alex and will make a move for with a top prospect or a top young guy like Contreras, and when i see it so how far away do you think Shea is? And the reason I ask, I mean, let's say things go as well as they could with Darno and, and now Manny Pena. There wouldn't be a need this year. But what if midway through 2022 he shows you he's ready? How would that work? Um, I would still be hesitant to even 
bring him up then. And the reason is that while let's just let's we're assuming in a world where everything goes right and he's hitting well and all that stuff. And I have some some kind of some lingering questions about this kind of the overall hit tool and this kind of getting more at bats against more advanced pitching. Um, but let's assume everything goes well. I still would keep him down for the full year at AAA because I think that the one thing that is really difficult to teach and how do I put it? It's difficult to replicate just getting a lot of reps with a pitching staff and calling games. I, I have no doubt that he can like handle handle a running game. You will not see a catcher or control a running game as well as like Lears does very often. I mean, we're, you know, when we were kind of following baseball growing up, you, you saw what Pud Rodriguez did, and you know, I'm not going to put that lofty sort of a, a comp on what Lears can do, but that guy has a cannon for an arm. He pops up fast. I saw a ball in the dirt bounce off his chest pad two feet away from him. The guy had a two-step jump and Shea threw him out by like five feet. And so he will, he will control that running game, but the game calling, he didn't call his own games in college. He didn't you know, have that sort of game experience. And he's moved relatively quickly as a college guy. I, I would give him the reps at AAA. That gives him reps with some pitchers he's probably going to be working with uh, down the line in the major leagues. And then also it gives him some more, you know, just gives him some more experience working with a pitching staff. Giving him that that experience I think is going to go a long way. Now, look, if Darno gets hurt and then it's just Manny Pena up there, then, you know, all bets are off. But I don't think the Braves want to bring Shea up in kind of a timeshare type situation. So, at the end of the day, even if he's hitting well, I think they're just going to give him a lot of appearances at AAA and then look at 2023. Erica, we'll put this under the same headline that you brought up. We haven't seen Alex move top prospects, so you know when it happens, and we'll believe it. That being said, I think what happens this offseason, if they want to try to retain one or two of these outfielders that they traded for, I mean, it does have an impact on Waters and Pache and timelines and playing and availability, even with the DH. So would one of those guys be in play if there's a deal out there? Um, I still think that the Braves believe that Pache could figure out to be at least an average hitter and, more importantly, a really, really good defensive center fielder, which is, you know, I don't think they necessarily want to put Ronnie in center field long term, and I think that they will address maybe left field and free agency or something to that effect. But Pache kind of being that good defensively, giving you that kind of value, I don't think is the guy that's going to get moved unless it's for, you know, a deal you just can't refuse, that, that sort of thing. Now, Waters is an interesting case because there are some approach questions. There are some – it's not even a pitch recognition problem. It's like, you know, he'll see a curveball. He knows that the curveball – but then the question is, can he do anything with the curveball? He thinks the answer is yes. The answer is no. So in that particular case, you know, is he really doing what he needs, like making those correct decisions based on the recognition that he makes? Uh, combined with, you know, he's kind of a long-levered guy, so there's going to be some questions about just strikeouts in general. Uh, he's a very good defender. He's a really, really good athlete. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves just decide they're just going to bet on that level of talent because, again, he's very, very good. Um I think of the two guys, though, if they're going to make a move, and he, you know, water stock is also dropping a little bit. So on the one hand, that means you're kind of selling low a little bit, but at the same time, you know, if he doesn't have an opportunity with the organization, it might be best to kind of move on and trade him for an asset that you are going to use. So what about because we heard all the buzz last spring training about Michael Harris and how quick he could rise and whether that at some point could put him on par with Waters or Pache or how it could mix in in the future. What is his timeline and how did it play out this past season? Uh, he was a, he was fantastic. He was one of the best players in the in the minor league system this past year. The only thing he didn't show quite enough is in game power, and it's not a question of the raw power. I mean, like he was part, like in that at the futures game, he was parking balls in the upper deck. Um, 
you know, during batting practice. So it's not a question that he can hit the ball hard. Just it didn't like at Rome. Rome's kind of a tricky place to hit for a ton of power, really, especially if you're a lefty. So he just didn't do a lot of damage, particularly at home. But the hit tool looks great. He's a great athlete out there. He'll probably move to a corner spot. He's not necessarily going to be a center a center fielder, but he's a very very good defender out there. One of the best that you you know that we saw in the minors, other than Christian Pache last year. Last year he won a minor league gold glove this year. You know, he he runs surprisingly well. A lot of folks think he's probably going to thicken up a little bit as he gets stronger, which means more power, but also probably means he won't be stealing quite as many bases. Um, right now, we have Harris ahead of Waters in terms of just overall value. My guess is that he starts the year at Double A. He might force his way to Triple A. Other than that, I mean, it's it's so hard to you know project a guy you know like doing like the Acuna type rise where just going up multiple levels and making an early season debut or anything like that but he's really really talented I wouldn't be surprised if he was in play for 2023 interesting yes we're brought to you by the daily draft in downtown Woodstock it's kind of my go-to I'm a little bit lucky I live in Woodstock so I'm right around the corner to downtown Woodstock on Main Street to see the Daily Draft, which I've told you many times, it's the ultimate sports bar experience, not your father's sports bar. You're talking wall-to-wall flat screen, self-serve taps, craft bar, chef-inspired menu. And with sizzling plays ahead, if you're planning on tailgating both this summer or this fall, maybe you're going to MBS or Athens or on the flats, or you're hosting a game night at your home, check out the Daily Draft's newest menu edition, the Tailgate Box. Yes, you can enjoy their wings. Boneless wings, a couple of sides, a bag of popcorn, and of course their homemade jumbo cookies. Now these are pre-order only. You can go to the uh, thedailydraft.net or give them a call at the Daily Draft to get the pre-orders in. If you're also looking for a new place to grab lunch during the week or even order on Uber Eats, check out the Daily Draft. They have a great lunch lineup for only 11 bucks Monday through Friday from 11:30 till 3:30. Again, go to thedailydraft.net. Or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram. The Daily Draft, a unique experience from the moment you walk through the door, a walk-up window to order drinks from the sidewalk, craft beer bar, pool tables, darts, wall-to-wall flat screens. You won't miss a single second of the game. Go check them out today at The Daily Draft. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business. And it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Um, all right, let me ask you about the pitchers. The, the the tendency is when you see just a little blip of a guy to get excited, and, and it's funny the way the, the Kyle Wright roller coaster is gone. You love him. He's not going to figure it out. Pitched in the World Series, gave you four and two-thirds. We love him again. Pins him in for you know, a rotation spot. None of it is probably true. But what did you see from Kyle? Because the reports were, Eric, that he really made some strides this year in AAA. Do you think we're finally ready for here's a job, you're going to be the fourth or fifth starter? 
color me skeptical. I'll put it that <laughs> way. Um, the, the, the best way I know how to describe it is that we've seen Kyle Wright pitch well in the minor leagues before. We've seen Kyle Wright pitch well in the second half at Gwinnett before. He did so at twenty-eight. He did so in 2019, and in 2020, he had a job right for the picking. The Braves didn't have anyone that could start games for them. And Kyle Wright could not hang on to a rotation spot. Uh, I was obviously thrilled that, you know, he pitched well in the World Series for a number of reasons. You, I want to see a guy succeed. But, you know, it, the, the question isn't talent. The question isn't that when he's good, can he get major league hitters out? The question is, can he do so consistently? And can he do so past the first or the second time through the order? And in Kyle's case, he has often looked good the first time through an order. The second time through the order is where things get dicey, and he's not a guy you can even go to in the third time through the order, in my mind. And that's a tricky profile. Now, he did have a good second half at Gwinnett. There's no denying that. Um, and he you know, he certainly looked good in his one postseason appearance. He really bailed out the Braves in a game where they really needed some big-time innings from him. But he's given me a lot of reason to be skeptical and it's a lot it has a lot to do with just kind of his approach to hitters the second time he sees them has a lot to do with just kind of his being able to hold command after past 40 or 50 pitches and until i see that consistently at the major league level you know i think he'll get he'll probably get another shot but there's a lot of guys competing with him and he has a lot of competition at that starting pitching spot now so i'm not going to say necessarily that he's just going to be handed the job out of spring Folks, let me ask you a question. When it comes to dealing with experts, don't you know they've got your best interest in mind? Think about somebody in the medical profession as opposed to you diagnosing yourself. You would never do that. When it comes to insurance, I would think, yeah, you can go shop your own rates, but don't you want the professionals to do it for you, the experts? Well, I'm talking about the Rhodes Group. My friend Clayton Rhodes and the great folks at the Rhodes Group, they did that for me, and you should know. You should be shopping your rates or having pros do it each and every year because the rates change so much when I'm talking about home or car insurance, you could be saving a bundle if you have professionals like the Rhodes Group shopping for you. They did just that and they saved me a couple of thousand dollars a year with home and car insurance combined. You can be the next to save a bunch of money with the Rhodes Group. I want you to go to their website. It's Rhodes-Group.com. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S-Group.com or follow me on Real Matt Land on Twitter, You'll see the link. You can click over and have them give you 10 quotes in 10 minutes at the Rose Group. Locally owned, a great bunch of folks who are professionals when it comes to finding you the best rates. Go to roads-group.com. Have them shop your rates. They'll give you 10 quotes in 10 minutes at the Rose Group. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. 
Well, no, your point's a valid one, right? From Kyle Muller to Tucker Davidson, is Tukey still here? You know, Waskar, there's still a lot of options. Uh, the reason I brought up Contreras to start the whole conversation is I wonder if this is the time where you couple a, a few of your prospects. And I, I just get this feeling that Alex... Like we see year after year, right? When the bullpen fell apart one year, the next year he's like, I'm just going to overload with bullpen arms. Uh, the first movie makes this offseason is I'm going to try to give myself stability at catcher. I'm not going to go through the, the seven different backup catchers. The pitching thing, it happened again. Now they were able to overcome it and win a World Series, but they were down to two pitchers again out of injury and, and underachieving. That I just wonder if they wouldn't mind trading a few of these prospects to get some middle-of-the-rotation stability with a veteran uh, before the season. Well, I mean, look, they made him, they made the free agent signing of Drew Smiley to kind of be that number four guy, yep. and that just didn't work out. And it's not their fault that Charlie Morton got hit by what seemed like a right. fairly harmless ground ball and ended up breaking his leg in the World Series. Uh, you know, I think that Charlie Morton will be back and healthy, and then they'll have Max Fried, and then they'll have Ian Anderson. And I, I understand the compulsion, and I wouldn't be shocked if they made a signing like a one-year veteran deal, but I don't think that they're necessarily going to trade long-term assets to make that deal happen. Uh, I think it's more likely to just sign like a free agent guy and see if it works out. I think that they have the guys internally to kind of make something work. It's not just the guys that you mentioned. I mean, like there's guys that have just made their way to AAA this year. Bryce Elder just made it. Uh, Spencer Strider was a starter coming up. I mean, obviously he was kind of in contention for a bullpen role with the Braves this year, but that guy was starting all year. And when you're throwing 98 at the top of the zone without with the kind of spin that he has, plus, plus a good breaking ball and a changeup that he's made a lot of progress on this year, I mean, that's a guy that you want to keep an eye on, too. All of a sudden, you have a lot of options down there at AAA and out of spring to fill two spots. Do you really want to spend real long-term assets? Unless it's for, like, a real guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, sure, there are, there are veteran guys maybe on the trade market that are going to be worth – it's not just, like, a one-year rental type or, like, you know, a make-good deal or something like that. Like, Charlie Morton is an example of, like, that, that caliber of pitcher. We're like, okay, that's a little bit different. But at the same time, I don't think that's necessarily the moves they need to make, and I think that they need to do some more things – Possibly adding another bullpen arm or two, um, possibly you know, reinforcing you know other parts of the bench and things like that, and figuring out they're going to what's going to happen with Marcelo Zuna is probably going to be at the top of the list. Plus, you know, spending on some guy named Freddie Freeman, I'm, probably, I'm sure you've probably heard of. Yeah, once or twice. No, and everything you said makes sense. And I guess to be you know clear on this, if I was to do a deal where I'm giving up that many years of control, yeah, I'd want it to be for something real with you know yep. contract control for a while. But your point is a fair one. I guess the concern I have on this. We see the glimpses in young pitching all the time. And I'm like, Eric, I'm the one who preaches patience the most. I love it. But unfortunately, when you're in a pennant race, I mean, the Braves haven't really dealt their kids a lot of, you know, favorable hands. Here's two starts. I'm putting you in the pen or I'm sending you down. That's just kind of the nature of it. Like when I'm looking at Tucker Davidson or Kyle Muller or any of these guys, do you see one that looks like they're potentially closer to stability? I am a big Bryce Elder fan just because he is not just a guy that like requires his stuff to be at its peak form and like strike out a bunch of guys to get out. Does that make sense? Yes. Like that's what we see a lot. We're like, wow, this guy looks great. Seven innings, 14 strikeouts. Like that's his ceiling. We saw Tukey be that guy, right? But when he wasn't at his peak stuff, he gave a bunch of homers and he lasted two innings. And that's just not something that's going to work for very long, right? So, but in Bryce Elder's case, you know, he has a really good slider. All the other pitches were really, really good this year, and he just was super steady, went deep into games, and I think he's a guy in terms of like a really stable sort of innings eater type. That's the guy I looked at. If you're looking for like the high-stealing guy, that's going to be Spencer Strider because I think he has the best fastball in the system, and I think the number of guys who have a better fastball in the minor leagues right now, period, is very, very short that's better than his. So 
like in terms of upside, those are the kind of the two guys. But I think I, I think that Kyle Muller could end up being a really useful piece. We saw him be a good pitcher in the major leagues this year. He just had a couple starts where things kind of started to get away from him, and they saw some things they needed to work on. So they sent him back down to Gwinnett when they didn't need him anymore. Um, I don't think Oscar Enoa is necessarily the answer. I've kind of been big on the whole he's a relief arm type for a while, and I felt very lonely on that island when he was pitching well in the first half. But, you know, after he got hurt, you know, it seemed like he kind of came back to earth a little bit. So if you're looking for a couple names, those are kind of the guys where, like, I would think that those could be really stable options or really interesting options. But, you know, the, the, the point's a fair one. I guess my question to you is all the teams that have been bad for the last five years have been pretty much the same teams. And they have traded off a lot of the pitchers that you'd want to go after. So the pitchers, as a result, that you would want – are on teams that don't want to give them up. So my question to you is how much would you be willing to give up to get the kind of the proven starting pitching arm that has more than one year, like is more than one year left on a deal in order to make that happen? Because my guess is that those teams that are contending and have pitchers that you want, it's going to be a high price. Well, I would agree. You're not dealing what you already have is a known because it's so hard to find. It's a fair point. Um, well, let, let me circle back for a second because you brought up Spencer Strider, which I know everybody kind of got to know the name at the end of the season. You just brought up Bryce Elder, and I'll bring up Jared Schuster. Eric, any of those guys profile for 2022, or are they still a year plus away? Um, if if we're talking the bullpen, it's possible that they would go to Spencer Strider. I think that they would like for him to be a starter, but you know, like it, like I think he is a bullpen arm right now. Does that make sense? But yes. if they want to keep him at starter, then maybe they give him they stretch him out of AAA. I think that Bryce Elder possibly out of spring more likely like kind of early to mid 2022 would be my guess is the one he would be really like i'd feel really good about him being perfectly ready uh jared schuster is not in that group at all he's i i am lower on schuster than most that i have been for a while uh coming out of the draft he was dealing with a shoulder issue at the alternate site he had a shoulder issue kind of coming into spring this year uh it was like questionable as to whether or not he was even going to start the year pitching uh he did uh and his fastball hitting 89 to 91 is generally where that's been sitting. He touches a little bit higher than that sometimes. The changeup is very, very good, but the rest of the stuff isn't particularly good, and he's prone to give up homers. So 2022, there's, I'll just go ahead and say it. There's no shot that happens. All right, let's finish up with the good news that the Braves are fairly set in a lot of places. Um, and again, we'll see how this offseason plays out with some of the free agents and what they retain. If they were in a spot, May, June of 2022, where there they were dealt some injuries. Could any of the names I'm going to give you, Jesse Franklin, uh, Braden Shoemake, um, could any of like you you mentioned Michael Harris, any of the Drew Waters, like any of those guys could step in and you'd feel like I'm not getting killed there. These guys can handle the MLB at bats at that point, or is it still too soon for a few of them? Uh, I would say it's too soon for that that caliber of guys. Like Jesse Franklin only played in high A this year, and he struggled in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, Drew Waters is the closest, and you know if if Ch- Christian Pache is already up playing center field for the Braves next year, uh, kind of in this hypothetical world that we live in, I don't think it would be crazy to have him out there. But I think it would. I mean, it's the short term versus long term injury problem, right? Like you know, when if, if the injury is a ten day IL stint, then the Guillermo Heredias of the world will work. If it's three months, then you probably need to have someone that's going to give you something offensively as opposed to, you know, the Guillermo Heredia's of the world. But, and I think that Drew Waters would be okay. Um, I am, again, a little bit skeptical, a little bit concerned about some of the approach stuff that he has. And, but, I mean, Michael Harris probably needs another year. Jesse Franklin's a little further away than that, is my guess, just in terms of I think that the hit tool isn't quite there. Uh, I think he'd get eaten up. But, 
beyond that, I mean, like, you know, it's it's a, the point's a fair one. The depth-wise, position player-wise is a real problem. I will say that defensively, Braden Shoemaker could fill in for Dansby Swanson right now. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that he didn't. He had a really down offensive year, and it was a really weird way to be dealt. Like he was like unbelievably bad for two months, then really, really good for a month, and then kind of okay the rest of the way. So I, I don't really know what to make of Braden offensively, but defensively right now, I mean, that's your best defensive shortstop in the system right now. Eric, I lied because I want to finish with this. Um, I okay. know you focus on the Braves, but what is the, the view from – 25,000 feet on the Braves system now in comparison to the rest of baseball. And, and I say that knowing, I mean, they've had so much success and graduated so many guys that have turned into stars. So you're going to dip from that level, but where are they now? Uh, they're definitely on the decline. I would say like if you're dividing minor league systems into thirds, they're at the bottom of the second tier or the top of the third would be kind of what my general guess is. And it's for all the right reasons. All their best guys have been graduating. Um, they just they haven't had the international free agent market to really kind of reinforce things. The one guy that they did sign for real money, international free agency, Ambioris Tavares, we really do like. But he also hasn't played organizational baseball in two years because – you know that they did. The Braves didn't have a Dominican summer league team this year, and you know he was a 15-year-old when he signed. So we're going to see where he gets placed in full-season ball, and kind of go from there. But we think he's really good. But he, again, that's not not really a guy you can you know, hang your hat on system-wise. And when you don't have that kind of that pipeline of talent coming in, and you've been picking at the bottom of the first round, and you've like had had missing picks. I mean, in the 2020 draft, they didn't have a pick because they had signed it. They had they had signed a guy, and as a result, they only had four picks in the entire draft. So yeah. that kind of that really diminishes kind of your system depth. But I expect that to be changing relatively soon. I still think the Braves are going to be good, but I think they're going to be active in the international free agency. And you know, they continue to do well picking in those big day two, day three parts of the draft where they can kind of get real talent back there. Uh, one name that I'm going to put in your ear, A.J. Smith-Schaffer, that kid can throw. It's a great name to end with. Um, so you, you can read Eric's work at, at Talking Chop. Does a great job there. Mention a few of the podcasts so people can uh, can hear you. Well, the easiest way to hear, hear, hear most of them at this point uh, is to subscribe to Talking Chop on whatever podcast purveyor you prefer. Uh, there's three podcasts that I make regular, if not, and the main host myself. We have the Talking Chop flagship show. We have the Road to Atlanta podcast, which is devoted solely to the Brains Farm system. And then we also have the Daily Hammer, uh, main hosted by the great Sean Coleman, who's going to be, you know, that's kind of our daily, you know, 15 to 20 minute, get your little blast of Braves news and then go about your day by podcast. So all three of those, make sure you take a listen to those. We'd really appreciate it. You guys do a great job over there. Always love to read the work and listen to the pods over there. Eric Cole, thank you, my friend. Always appreciate your time and the insight. All right, man. Thank you. Be good. Yes, we're brought to you by the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. It's kind of my go-to. I'm a little bit lucky. I live in Woodstock, so I'm right around the corner to downtown Woodstock on Main Street to see the Daily Draft, which I've told you many times, it's the ultimate sports bar experience, not your father's sports bar. You're talking wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps, craft bar, chef-inspired menu. And with sizzling plays ahead, if you're planning on tailgating both this summer or this fall, maybe you're going to MBS or Athens or on the flats, or you're hosting a game night at your home, check out the Daily Draft's newest menu edition, the Tailgate Box. Yes, you can enjoy their wings, boneless wings, a couple of sides, a bag of popcorn, and of course, their homemade jumbo cookies. Now, these are pre-order only. You can go to the uh, thedailydraft.net or give them a call at the Daily Draft to get the pre-orders in. If you're also looking for a new place to grab lunch during the week, or even order on Uber Eats, check out the Daily Draft. They have 
a great lunch lineup for only 11 bucks Monday through Friday from 11.30 till 3.30. Again, go to thedailydraft.net or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram. The Daily Draft, a unique experience from the moment you walk through the door, a walk-up window to order drinks from the sidewalk, craft beer bar, pool tables, darts, wall-to-wall flat screens. You won't miss a single second of the game. Go check them out today at The Daily Draft. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madland. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till 8 in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, uh-huh. and parties don't stop yeah. till Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.